Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hello, Archons. Welcome to Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm super excited this week to have two of my closest Keyforge friends here with me today to talk about something I have been so excited to bring you listeners. I have June. Hey, June, how you doing? I'm great. Hi, Sydney. It's so good to be back. Oh my gosh, so glad to have you here. And today we also have Dylan, otherwise known as Fabulosing Online Everywhere. Hey, Dylan, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having us. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited you're here. So I don't know if anyone listening knows what they're here to talk about, but if you've guessed, yes, they are here to talk about Commander, Keymander, whatever you want to call it. And I, I am so excited to get into this subject because I, I absolutely loved playing this at KFC and I think it needs more love from the community. But... Before we hop into that, so the last couple of episodes have been interview episodes, so we haven't really been able to like deep dive into the amazing, fantastic news we've had recently. And I just, I have, I have so much to say, but we can, we can save all of that for another episode. Right now, I just have, I just want your thoughts. What, what do you two think about like all of the things going on right now and all the news that we just got? Well, uh, well. Uh... There's a lot that changed about OP, I guess. Um, a lot that's still up in the air. Uh, sure, I guess. that's a good point. Um, you know, we're we're, we're told to expect something different from last year, uh, including sealed alliance, which um, <laughs> personally I'm excited sealed. about. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unified sealed, right? Um, a, a completely distinct thing from sealed alliance, of course. Right. Oh yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> But I'm excited actually to have like three of three different tournaments running in an event. I know it splits the players, but it's cool to like get to do whatever you want there and for it to be like well recognized. Um, losing cash prizes might hurt, but I'm I'll wait and see before I figure out what how I feel about that. It's funny because I never won a cash prize at any event. So I really don't know what it's like to win a cash prize to lose it. So it's probably easier for me. But uh, yeah, what fabulousing, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm also very, I guess, cautiously excited for upcoming OP stuff. I know uh, not having figured out my Vault Tour travel plans yet, especially the uh, store level OP is really exciting. I've been talking a lot with my local group and kind of adjacent local groups about getting all our store championships synced together, figuring out what formats we all want to play for that. And it's honestly been really nice seeing a part of the community that I haven't seen like interact much with that side of the game actually come out and do it. Like I'm very used to spending all my time in Keyforge on the discords with people who, you know, are going to come to these all events anyway. Right. And suddenly people who are used to just, I, I play with them at their houses or occasionally they come to a store. Suddenly they're excited to do OP, which is, you know, exactly what the goal of this new stuff is. Uh, there's definitely a lot to figure out as far as formats go, but yeah, it should be a big success. Oh yeah, I totally agree. Like, so recently we've been talking a lot in the the Midwest area because my store was reached out to to hold a store champs, which I think is above and beyond amazing because they were literally like Ghost Galaxy contacted them without my store having to take the first step. But so that caused me to then talk to everyone in the surrounding area. So like 
I am a little bit north of Chicago. So I talked to the main store in Chicago, the Dice Dojo. We also are reaching out to the southern Wisconsin, so the Milwaukee and Madison area. Like everyone is now planning their store champs. And it's having me reach out and talk to like my my locals, like the people that are playing and going to travel a couple of hours maybe to get to a store champ so that we can coordinate them and make it all happen. So I feel like I am talking to a whole different subset of people that I am very excited to be actively talking Keyforge with. And because of it, the whole holding store champs soon i'm going to be able to play with them soon too yeah yeah store champs and is somehow even sooner uh grim reminders pre-release <laughs> yeah but pre- totally pre-release um I, so whatever I, that I, looks like uh, uh, that should be fun um, i backed the campaign high enough that i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna start passing out some decks to like when i go to the the, the next dice dojo event in chicago nice. or or i uh hop up to uh wisconsin and i'm just gonna start bringing my grim reminder so everybody and anybody who has not gotten their hands on decks yet can can start playing grim reminders that's so sweet so right before we hop into Commander, I just any any thoughts? What are your first thoughts about Grim Reminders? I know you both have been playing some recently. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah I played yesterday with my local group. We did some sealed. I've done a little bit of solo play as well because that's always how I first learned my new decks. Uh, I really, really, really enjoy the set from a sealed perspective so far. I cool. I loved well to start. I loved the token mechanic, but to be honest, it got exhausting looking around the table, having like a diplomat, seeing a bunch of warriors and grunts, and just knowing before you even see the rest of the cards how a lot of the gameplay is going to go. Grim Reminders, so even just before getting into the set itself feels like a breath of fresh air, but the haunted mechanic and the discard mechanic uh, are so fresh. And having to think about the exact sequencing of like cards at the left at the bottom of your deck and thinking about how to like delay the reshuffle as long as possible and how to trigger your opponent's reshuffle quicker is all such a new layer of strategy that I'm not really used to assessing, but it's been really great. And then like the houses are well balanced, maybe Geistoid accepting. So like overall, (laughs) it's just been really nice and almost every deck feels like it has play to it. That's awesome. That's really cool. What about you, June? Um, I have been really excited for grim reminders for a long time um because i kind of expected it to allow me to do like more comboy things like do sure. more becky becky things and sort out my deck a little bit um and that's exactly what i've been enjoying um in the games i've played is like being more likely to see the like the cards you want to in your deck just because you're seeing more cards throwing things out of your hand you know it's a little bit more chaotic or like throwing things straight from the deck into the discard and like finding a way to get them back. Um, I uh, was a little worried about discard order for a long time being a thing. I know like we've kind of like joked about like discard order only mattering for the one card. Right. But it's actually like, I really enjoy how it works in Grim Reminders and actually managing where the cards are in your discard, how you're going to dig down even your discard to the cards you want to like Mehmet or whatever, or right. shuffle back into your deck um, has been really cool. And then just like staying haunted and using some recursion to like just keep seeing the cool cards in your deck again um, has made for like really um, positive experiences with decks where um, I'm continuously able to like do the things that the deck wants to do. It's, it is really fun. That's awesome. Like you're making me look forward to playing more because right now I've like, I've had this, this love hate relationship with discard and I'm at the point where I'm seeing a lot of the cards that'll put things into the discard indiscriminately. And so I'm having a hard time, like, like, 
dealing with that. Like personally, I'm like, oh no, I'm losing these cards. But the way that you put it, all I have to do is find the right decks that have the right cards to either bring them back or play them from the discard or whatever it is that combos well with those cards. Because sometimes I also, I'm sitting at the beginning of the game, two turns in, not haunted yet, frustrated that like, oh no, these really cool cards in my hand don't do what I need them to do yet because I'm not yeah. haunted. So yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to explore more and, and learn how to increase the combos that I can play with all of these discards. Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited for combo play in Alliance. This is like, oh, yeah. I have not been Alliance uh, theory crafting for a while because I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I'm just waiting for room reminders. I'm doing it there. Totally. Um, I do want to say like throwing things straight into the discard. We've talked previously in Woe um about like how do you deal with cards being tokenized and it's like a very similar conversation right totally and it kind of happens at a much higher rate in grim reminders like discarding cards from your deck happens at a higher rate than you're tokenizing generally in in whoa um and i find like what i said last time like applies even more where like you have so much more information as to what's still left in your deck like if you see like a high density of something you can start like you know tossing out all your untamed cards and like i okay i might be able to play just two houses right um this game like it it you do have to adapt but like your deck changes a bit um every playthrough absolutely yeah something else to say along that line especially thinking about woe in comparison is there were always cards like transporter platform or sandhopper that let you recur your tokens and Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to do that in Grim Reminders. Like even with those options in Woe, the co- token could get killed before you had the opportunity. Sure. Versus Grim Reminders, you have stuff like Mamet or uh, Target, what's its face? The Mars creature that like let you archive anything from your discard. You have cards like Echo Fly to do it at a slightly lower rate. Um, most houses have some sort of way to recur things. I'm Retro Technician Lee, and there's another Mars creature that get uh, creatures back. So there's a lot of more, lot more options to basically use the discard pile as a second hand, which Your I encyclopedic really, knowledge of all these yeah. cards this early on. It's so impressive. I've been like, studying, <laughs> studying the spoilers. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. So I have a, I have a question for you too, which actually flows into our main topic. Has Grim Reminder started your, your brain flowing for Keymander? Is this been something you guys have even given any thought to for Keymander? Yeah, well, we have two Keymanders uh, that are uh, based around Grim Reminders. Already? One of which, what? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> one of which is already out. Uh, we we released with 1.0. Um, it's uh, fabulous, and you can go ahead with this one. I'll I'll tell you about mine. Yeah. Uh, so we had, I think, enough of the spoilers at the time we were working on Keymander back in like October. That we knew, well, this is going to get played, you know, around the time the set's coming out at KFC. People are going to get their first decks. Um, people are going to have, like, Geistoid cards. They're going to want to play that house with the new stuff. Uh, so one of the obvious designs was, oh, we should make a Geistoid commander. So we made a card. I, I think its name is uh, Ghost of Keyforge Past. And it's just a nice... It's a pretty pushed card, to be honest, with all the different designs we made. Because yeah. we knew people would yeah. really want to play it immediately. We want to... Let it kind of work with any Geistoid pod. So it just kind of turns your whole deck. It basically turns every creature into an Igor uh, in that house, which is very fun, I think. It's definitely an even quicker way to get to Haunted than most Geistoid decks get. But yeah, yeah we were kind of, we wanted to have the future proofing. We wanted to answer the question of, well, what do I do with my new deck? So that's the answer. That's right, amazing. And I will say, yeah, it, 
is a really cool one and um i did actually play with it with just my um kfc decks and it was really fun uh a little hint for people who want to uh craft a deck with ghost of uh future past or uh, ghost of key forge future rather um is find an island of lost toys which is an artifact that is basically like an arise for but like for every card in your house uh in geistoid oh my gosh and with a 72 card deck you're gonna do a, a couple of things I that's think. insane <laughs> it, was, yeah. it, was, oh my gosh. it was ridiculous N- um, now that we've given people a taste can we can we first like start at square one tell us about commander and then and then we can go back to geeking out about about the uh different different commanders oh, of course yeah so i guess uh the story begins Actually, I of all things with the announcement of Menagerie, I think is what I usually point to as the origin for this. Uh, Menagerie is a new like side set that's come out similar to Unchained. Uh, and what it turns out to be is actually quite similar to Unchained, just with a little more design focus. But when the name was announced like a couple months ahead of time, there was a lot of speculation over what it could be. And one of those was a multiplayer format. Sure. And this you know, f- spurred on further conversations, kind of dredged up from the past of Keyforge over how to run multiplayer Keyforge, because that idea has been around forever. People love sure. multiplayer games. You know, Magic's had Commander, obviously. Um, even the idea of, like, a Keyforge version of Commander specifically predates us as well. Um, a lot of players have, like, come up with anywhere from just, like, the vague notion to, like, semi-finished rule sets. And uh, June then technically reached out to me and said, you know, the two of us, we have some ideas for how this could work. We've talked about it we could commit to making this like a real thing, like turn this from a hypothetical into a real format. And from there, we realized there was just about a month before uh, the Keyforge Championships, which would be the best possible time to make it a reality. (laughs) So, you know, instead of doing the testing for the Alliance Open, I spent the next month uh, iterating on designs and figuring out card designs for uh, Commanders. Wow, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah. If it were not for Keymander, I would have won. Just so it's clear. Oh yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> sure. Totally. Um, like we owe you the dedication that you gave to Keymander <laughs> for our enjoyment of the game, especially at KFC. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And actually, that was like an incredibly fun month. But I had reached out to Dylan because. Um, well, I feel like these game design projects get lost in this limbo of like, uh, per- like eternal design phase, right? And sure. I was like, let's just get something playable. And actually, we net we didn't even play it until we got to Game Center, and we were sitting outside the room during. That's uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was very anxious about that aspect. <laughs> I I don't like showing things to people before I know they work. And I I was confident in our design, but I knew there was like a 20% chance that everything would just fall flat on its face from the first game and we wouldn't want to do it the rest of the weekend. But that did not and, happen. And you wouldn't be famous right now. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> so Are we famous? Pretend, oh, uh, the amount of people talking about Keymander, <laughs> are you kidding me? But especially after we drop this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so tell, pretend I'm a new player. Teach me the game. Okay, so um, you're playing a game of Keyforge with three uh, other players, or maybe two other players, or or maybe one, or maybe six. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's a multiplayer uh, version of Keyforge, but also works one-on-one. And the distinct thing about it, aside from, you know, multiplayer rule sets, um, just to make everything work, 
are that um, we've designed at the moment 50 key manders, which are um, special kinds of creatures. Um, they uh, don't belong to any house, although they have inspirations from specific houses and like designs that echo um, the house. Um, and uh, you play them by discarding cards from your hand uh, that you would otherwise be playing on your turn. Um, and also you get a free uh, card of return from the top of your deck. Um, and those cards that you use under it um, define the houses of the card. So you're cool. uh, often being able to like use it in multiple houses. Um, so you're, you're getting to do your thing um, all game, essentially, is the idea. And wow. uh, every time it gets destroyed, you get to replay it. Um, that's like really like the core of Keymander is like you've got your your crazy deck and um, a creature that kind of is the glue that holds it all together. And you just keep keep trying to make that work. So how many do we need to discard or put under it before it comes into play? Uh, it starts at two. Uh, and every time it's destroyed, you put like a little counter in your, your Keymander area. And um, that tells you you need one more. Oh, cool. So if I if I have it out there on my turn and it has, let's say, uh, House Saurian and House Geistoid under it, but it, I'm, the turn I'm playing is untamed, can I like add, add an untamed card to it to, so that it can also work on an untamed turn? Or does the cards that I use to get it into play, are those the only ones that can be the house of? Um, the ones in play are the only ones you can use. And that is part of the design of the format and part of the risk. Um, your first turn, you get, you know, you put an untamed card under it. If you call untamed and stick a second untamed card to play it, now you're essentially locked into that house until it dies. Um, I've even had games already where I've killed my commander prematurely just because I need new houses and I'm like tired of calling the same one to use it. <laughs> That's so cool. Awesome. So how do you how do you win the game? How does the game end? Forge three keys. It's just nice. Keyforge. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. the fun thing. Yeah. And most of our games, I think, end like three, two, two, two. Really? Like yeah, they end pretty close, right? Oh, that's they awesome. do. Um, it's yeah. One of the kind of weird, fun things about the format compared to like multiplayer in say Magic the Gathering is Keyforge is a race game, right? It's not you know get from twenty to zero. It's go up to three, and that means like in Magic when you attack someone, you're only progressing on like defeating one of your three opponents. Versus in Keyforge, you are progressing your win count, win cons all at the same rate, which means the game is a very very tight race the whole time. Combined with yeah. the fact that, like, the moment someone's on check, you suddenly have three people trying to take them off check, <laughs> and you can have that kind of third key lethal final forge going around the table over and over. I remember yeah. the game that I played at uh, KFC when Blake was sitting next to me, and he put out his Niffle Queen, and like because of the way that the decks are built, he put out like six or seven um, uh, Niffle Apes with it, and uh, <laughs> then he was he was the one we were chasing the rest of the time, and none of us yeah. had ever given that much credit to a Niffle Queen Niffle Ape combination before ever, and watching it actually be amazing, and it's like if we don't do anything, he just reaps for six every turn, like it was it was awesome. Yeah, Keymander is really great for like creating those like stories and dynamics where like there's like a villain temporarily and then sudden suddenly someone comes from the back. Um, but uh, you mentioned something about uh, the crazy way that decks are put together. Fabulous thing. You want to tell them about that? Yeah. So there's one other very important deviation we have not mentioned yet, which is uh, Keymander is actually based largely on the format Alliance, which as a very quick reminder, you in Alliance have to take three pods from the same set, and that becomes your new deck. Uh, Commander, you actually use six pods. Uh, you still have three houses. You take two pods from each house, so two, two, and two. 
And unlike Competitive Alliance, they can be from any combination of sets. So I can have a Call of the Archons logos together with the Mass Mutations logos, together with two uh, Winds of Exchange Saurians. Um, nice. When you say any combination yeah. of sets, th- that includes Unchained and Menagerie, yeah? It does. Um, we, ha- we, I pl- we had Menagerie pods hastily added to our uh, Keyforge Championship <laughs> playtest decks. Yeah, oh I God. actually um, have been very excited to open my Menagerie decks from my Grim Reminders pledge explicitly so I can find things for uh, Commander. And I found a, a Dr. Veroctor pod, which are like, they're kind of hard to get because all those like pods were stuck in Italy for some reason. Right? Everyone opened them in Always. Italy. Um, so I've been I've been really happy to open them and like unchain like I have a double auto encoder pod which is really cool. So are there um, any restrictions? Is there any like restricted list or anything? We thought about that for a while. <laughs> yeah, we during our playtest at uh, the Keyboard Championships, we did have a small list that we had kept in mind, and when we made we made decks for people to use at that for at that event because obviously no one was gonna like bring their perfect commander pods without knowing what the format was ahead of time. Sure. Um, But after playing and talking a lot with people about what should or shouldn't be on the list or what was fun, we realized it's primarily a social format. You know, there's no competition. There's no inherent like drive to play things that aren't fun just because they win. Like no one's going to go out and like do heart of the forest turbo. So to that end, we decided it's better off to just let the format be as open as possible. And then if your individual group decides they want to do Heart of the Forest Turbo, more power to them. Like, why why ruin the fun? Just because we think, like, it's not perfect for the format. Yeah. That's that's really, that's smart. I really like that. Especially because if it's something that does gain traction and people end up, like, creating some of their own anything, like, from, from pods to, to key manders, like, it's something that we can all share in together. Yeah, it's absolutely something, like, I see as, like, having, like, participated in, like, with the community um you know it's not it's not its own game it's like something for key forgers like to do when you know either we want something new or we've got an odd number of people right like i've played when we just like show up at our locals and have three and it's been really fun that's it's awesome great. so do you have any favorite keymanders or do you want to like describe a couple of them so our, our listeners can get a taste yeah um one of my favorites this is always my go-to answer uh and to credit June is the one that designed it, is the card Memory Bug. So this is a commander that has four effects, so they all follow the same template. It is play, fight, reap, or destroyed. Copy the equivalent effect on a purged creature. So I can play it and then copy the play effect on a purge. When I fight with it, I can copy the fight effect, so on and so forth. So it's essentially, I think June describes it as build your own commander. Uh, because you fully decide, you know, which pod you're putting in with the various effects. And it does copy, if you purge your opponent's cards with an Infernus or something, you can copy their effects too. Uh, and that purge pile, of course, grows over the course of the game. So an early game mind bug, or mind bug, a memory bug, might not do that much. But once you get your engine going, uh, it's essentially unstoppable. And I will say, it's very fun to play with Geistoid too. I yeah. believe it. Oh my gosh. And is anybody's purge pile... Any yeah. anyone's purge pile is fair game, yeah. Can, yeah, can a commander be purged? Oh, so if a commander ever leaves your battle line, uh, including if it like changes control, it's uh, instead destroyed. Um, oh, it was, okay. Uh, a rule I insisted upon um, 
Well, obviously, we wanted it to always be able to be played, so that was important, sure. so it wouldn't be purged. But I also didn't want people to feel like somebody else was doing their thing better than they were. So I was, I wanted to make sure nobody could get their key matter stolen and like exactly do it. And also, it it sounds like these are are quite powerful creatures too. So having more than yeah. one would give you like an outsized advantage. Yeah, they're they're certainly above rate uh, <laughs> as far as creatures go. Um, my personal favorite uh, is called Ancient Doll. And I had this idea in design where I was like, I want to like make some like really bad, really like cards people hate to see, like give you a reason to like look for them. And so um, the idea was that this uh, commander would work with Wretched Doll. And so what it does is whenever a um, friendly creature is destroyed during your turn, um, then, or actually, I think it's just when a friendly creature is destroyed, you place a doom counter on an enemy creature, which is the same kind of counter that Wretched uh, Doll uses. And nice. so you can um, make like a self sacrifice deck to destroy a bunch of friendly creatures. And like then, like, uh, if you reap with the doll, you um, destroy all doom cre- uh, creatures, or you can use nice. your um, Wretched Doll as well. Uh, and it has the ability that if you do destroy anything um, with a doom counter uh, in that way, then you can recur a card from your discard pile. So it also oh, adds cool. like a little benefit too. Uh, it's proven to be very powerful, and I've I've um, <laughs> I've come to say just like why not make this a wretched doll deck? So I don't know <laughs> about that. Um, I do have another favorite now that we talk about um, uh, we, we're talking about Geistoid. There's a second Geistoid inspired Keymander, um, which is called Repo. And uh, this one isn't out yet, but uh, it replaces your token with um, something called Scrap. Uh, and Scrap is like a robot that can't reap, but. Um, it uh, counts as a card in your discard pile, Whoa. which results in infinitely insane things. And I floated this by uh, Blake Kingline, G, one of the head judges. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> he he was like, this is insane. Uh, and we, we talked it over. And I think we finally got it to a place where it works. But I'm really excited about like doing weird stuff with that. You, you yeah. two are designing like Keyforge. I'm excited to play in the future. Like this sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, it was really fun putting these all together. So if someone were to want to play, how would they, how would they, where would they start? Like, where could they find the rules? Where could they like find these key matters you've already built? Yeah, I mean, we've got our discord come on in. Um, We've got like a a how to start uh, section is like where you get uh, thrown in. And um, there's like a quick start document, like a full rules document. And uh, uh, print and play uh, of all the all the key manders, which is all you need. Is you just need your key mander printed, and then your pods, and you're good to go. Yeah. In addition, um, for people who don't necessarily have a local group to do this with, we do also have a tabletop simulator mod. Um, which tabletop simulator, for people who don't know, is just a Steam game where you can like play board games on it and like make workshop mods to like load specific games. Keyforge has been on it for a while. Uh, and we just modified one of the Keyforge mods to have commander decks. And it has uh, eight different pre-constructed commander decks built into it, as well nice. as the ability to import your own. So anyone who wants to just try the format without even deck building or anything like that, or be able to try with players around the world, can just load that up. That's yeah, really also, cool. Yeah, we have like, uh, in our Discord, we have a looking for game section, which we haven't gotten, I haven't gotten to use personally yet. 
but I am looking forward to. Um, I know I have grim reminders to play too, but you know, <laughs> I know, right? Like, I'm actually really excited for my menagerie decks for this one reason because I, I ended up yeah. getting a ton, and I was like, well, these packets are going to be really cool because they'll basically tell me the theme that they're going for, and that would be really helpful in creating my own Keymander decks. Yeah. So I've always seen whenever anybody plays Keymander, they always have like a stack, like a pile of cards. Have you have you two ever been in games where like <laughs> they get through most of those, or is it always like have you ever had to shuffle that whole stack of cards? It, uh, I would say not every game does it does anybody shuffle. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I've gotten I have close. Shuffled. I've gotten close. <laughs> what kind of Keymander were you using? Uh, I was using my memory bug with all the self mill. But... Nice. Let's see. I think I was running. Um, oh gosh, I don't even remember. It might have been um, the the gigantic creatures deck, and yes. just like kept on archiving creatures and like and searching, and <laughs> it was it was really cool. I think there's also a library card in there. It went it went kind of nuts, and I got to shuffle um, through the deck. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is a feat, though, and I applaud anyone who is able to play all right? the, through all the cards in their deck. So, do you do you have any like memories or experiences, like the kinds of things that because you're using KeyForge cards, like it, it's still KeyForge, but like couldn't happen in a normal KeyForge game? Like, do you have any fun fun stories to throw at us? Absolutely. Um, my my favorite part, and I, I'm already at the point where the exactly who I was playing within each game blurs together, but <laughs> we were having. I, I know there was a game I played with Murph and uh, the Tabletop Royale crew, uh, Nathan and Justin, and we were just having these long, detailed arguments about whose job it was to like take someone off check. <laughs> yeah. And that's the kind of thing that you just can't have in 1v1 Keyforge. It's my job to take you off check. It's your job to take you off mine. And it was just that extra like political idea where people were even threatening, like, I'm not going to deal with that creature. Like, that's your job. I'm going to do my thing. And if you lose to it, that's like your problem. And the negotiations going on with that, where it's like, I will kill this if you also kill that other one. Sure. Um, it's very unique. And I mean, that's, you know, what inspired wanting to do this in the first place. Because that similarly in Magic, Commander has that social aspect that you kind of miss in a 1v1 game. And sure. it just, it's, it's nice. It's a great way to like exercise a different skill set. I love it. Like I'm, I'm now ready to be like, oh, I can lie in this game. I'm really bad at it, but like I can. (laughs) Yeah, it's a whole social aspect, which is really fun, and like making allies, uh, or like figuring out, yeah, like who do you want to steal from? Because like this is gonna like this is gonna burn your relationship a little bit from the very start of the game. Totally, that's a great point though so like how do you determine what cards affect whom so like how if i have what makes me have to pick one person versus it affecting everyone at the table uh if a card says all or every you know then that's everyone or every creature or every artifact um but your opponent uh refers to one person uh when you uh when you activate an effect right so you're gonna uh determine yourself who that opponent is and it stays that opponent for the whole effect? Yes. Yeah. And it's cool. a, yeah, determined at the time the effect becomes active, essentially. Right. If you play so destroyed effects yeah. could happen like you're like Sydney, you could uh destroy uh Fabulousing's uh Inspector and then say like you are the active player. So uh-huh. you get to determine that Inspector's opponent is me, <gasps> and so purchase my card. Um, oh, that is so cool. I love that. Yeah, there are a lot of games going on. <laughs> it's it's really fun. 
Oh my gosh. And the kind of like crazy combos that you can come out with just because of how you pick who's doing what as the active player. My favorite part of that rule is the captured Amber rule. Cause similarly captured Amber goes back to its opponent, right? Uh-huh. But that means anyone you destroy any of your opponent's creatures with Amber on it. You can be the one that takes it. So there's a lot of cards like trading frenzy says a friendly creature and an enemy creature capture or uh-huh. it's worded. I forget exactly how it's worded, but you can yep. use it. Yeah. You can capture Amber from one opponent and then kill a different creature and then like steal the third. I'm oh, not cool. explaining that super well, but there's so a lot of cases. If, yeah. If the word opponent shows up on a card multiple times, you can pick who the opponent is during the each instance of that yeah. word. Well, uh, oh. well not, not quite. So in this case, trading frenzy is like um, a friendly creature and an enemy creature capture three from their opponent. Yeah. So I can say my uh, my Blorb captures three from Fabulousing, and your warrior captures three from Fabulousing, and we're both yeah, Thank you. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so you I can, love like, it. I, I'm declaring both the, the targets and their opponents, right? So there's a lot... Um, some cards like gain a lot of depth and that's one of the things I'm really excited about is that like some cards just have uh, very interesting purposes like the card under pressure I mean like who has ever been excited to, to right. open one of those uh, <laughs> except for uh, the crew who were speed running the Gormengeist <laughs> <Totally. laughs> uh, uh, campaign a, a huge applause to them um, but um, under pressure prevents is an upgrade that prevents a creature from readying again. Yeah. So if you set on a key mander without oh. destroying it. You've uh, mitigated a lot of its ability. Oh my gosh. I love it. That's amazing. And suddenly that player is hunting down ways to destroy the key mander <laughs> or begging somebody else to do so <laughs> to That's make an so alliance. Funny. Oh my yeah. gosh. So have, have you like, do you have memories of like, what has been the most like complicated, like crazy, everybody has an, interaction kind of experience you've had oh gosh there was one game where two players were stealing piles of 40 plus amber back and forth from each other (laughs) i know one player i think was recurring closed door negotiations and the other player had like sand hopper combos that were just generating like 20 amber at a time i know we got as high as 80 something amber and it was at least four turns in a row that were going to check and like even the other two players at the table weren't having like 80 amber at a time but they would suddenly be like oh yeah i'm at like eight now too so you have to stop me in addition (laughs) to the huge pile over there and i i know i said the games can go on for check for a while but seeing like this literal pile where we ran out of tokens and people (laughs) still weren't forging was was hilarious yeah, I was oh my using gosh. my phone to count. <laughs> That's amazing. So if you were to like give somebody some like early strategy tips, like they're going to sit down for their first game, they're really excited, they pick their commander, they've built their decks, like what are some things for them to think about as they start their first game? Hmm. Uh, I would say, um, you know, don't, uh, worry too much about the first key. Don't worry too much about falling behind because then the the you know the front runners are going to start uh, clawing at each other. Um, That's a fantastic point because there's always somebody at the table that has something to stop the person who's ahead, even if you can't be that person. Yeah, I would say the most important thing is to make sure that you're still in the game. Um, you know, as the game goes on, don't don't worry too much about losing tempo. Oh, cool. Yeah. And similarly, I would say, remember, remember the art of the deal. Remember that your proactive strategy can only go so far that you will have three players stopping you if you pull too far ahead. 
and to find your right time to like stake your case to say, now's the point where I'm going to threaten to take over the game and I'm doing it when I know I can back it up or I have someone else to help me back it up. Oh my gosh. I love it. That I'm so excited. So have you two like decided what you're what, like, when you're going to play this next, do you have like a, a local scene that you go to or like, you know, now that, now that Roseville is going to be a thing, it's in our calendar for April. Like, are, are oh, we going to see Keymander there? I'm bringing at least five decks of my <gasps> own. Yes. Yeah. I have a shard deck. I'm, I'm very happy to yes. uh, debut. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know there's, there are faces I'm looking forward to see specifically because we're probably going to play Keymander oh, at yeah. Roseville. Totally. Um, what about you, Pat? Uh, any event I end up at, I will be bringing Keymander as well. I haven't decided my travel plans for the year yet, but certainly at the local level, I have been gradually bringing other players onto my case for it. And people have started asking about building their own decks and stuff. So I say it's, it's slow, but steady progress. Oh my gosh, I love it. That's fantastic. So this is a plea to to Ghost Galaxy. Give us all of our dates for Vault Tours so that I know what I'm going to be seeing yes, Julian Pabulosing again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anybody who hears this and is like, oh, like I could do this, but like, what is a what is a 72 card deck from six possible sets like look like? Um, you know, hit us up in the Discord. I'm sure uh, there are a lot of people who could throw you crazy ideas. Um, and honestly, like you don't need a crazy deck to play um, Commander. We played with a number of people who, um, you know, threw something together from a couple decks they had um, during KFC, and they weren't doing as like degenerate things. <laughs> but by the end of the game, when all that wheeling and dealing was happening, they were the ones pushing for eight amber and and uh, and having real chances to win. Exactly, um, the format's very self-correcting. That's awesome. If you're, if you're not that. like triple key abductioning in one turn, like there's a lot of catch up potential yeah. and just having halfway decent Keyforge cards can win a game like it does in any game. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love it so much. So do you have any any like last things you want to say about Keymander before we hop into our titular segment? Hmm. I will say uh, engage with it. Uh, come in and say hi. Uh, both June and I, if it's not evident from this, uh, love discussing the format as do many other people in the community. And yeah, if you have any questions or comments or anything, please just reach out. And we'll yeah. put the link to their Discord in our show notes so you can click on yeah. it there. I would also say um, engage with it in the way you want to. Um, so I call like six pod, like this, they align from six different possible sets. Um, the flagship uh, way of uh, playing Keymander. But you can also play it, you know, just with your Archon decks if, if, Alliance is something that dis- that's distasteful to you, or with like standard alliance rules, or even sealed, right? Oh um, my gosh, I love that idea. Yeah, the, the Keymander rules work um, for for Keyforge first and foremost. We have um, a Keymander that's essentially built for sealed, even. That's true. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm I'm definitely playing that one at Roseville. Heck yeah! Can't wait. Amazing. So. We cannot end an episode of Help from Future Self without the titular segment. Help, Help from, future, from self. future Self. And Fabulosing, you came prepared today. You got one for us. Yes, I do. Uh, my Help from Future Self is that I need, this is going to sound very basic, I need to play more Keyforge. I spend what? a lot, no. well, and to, to clarify, I spend a lot of time 
as June knows more than anyone, talking about the game and theory crafting and building decks and building alliances. And then I say, great. And then I go to bed and I do it all the next day. And I've spent, you know, a hundred times more time and commitment arguing about sets and commons and which cards are the best than just sitting down and learning my decks and playing. So I want to actually get good at this game by learning, practicing the fundamentals getting better at my decks and like actually elevating my play. I'm really hoping Grim Reminders in particular will help with that because there's a lot of stuff going on in that set that I just haven't practiced at as far as combos and thinking four or five turns ahead. Yeah, That's so awesome. Fun. That that makes you so much fun to talk to. And listeners, if you want to hit Fabulousing Up to play a game of Keyforge, jump yes. into the uh, Commander Discord and then find him there. Please. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, it has been absolutely incredible talking to you. I hope all of our listeners are excited to start playing Keymander or at least watch us play as we're sitting there in Roseville playing Keymander. Um, but we are on Discord and Patreon. The links are in the show notes. You can find me as SC Steel on TCO and Discord. And June, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Discord, um, june.is.here. Uh, I'm in, I'm in most places, um, uh, <laughs> uh, managing, you know, the billion discords there are, uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll always talk to, uh, someone who's excited to, to be around. Um, Absolutely. yeah, show me there or, uh, like last time you could email me. <laughs> there you go. Love it. Yeah, Love yeah. it. Um, yeah, just hit me up. Fantastic. And, and Fabulousing, where can people find you? Yes. Uh, I'm on discord as well. Fabulousing word, fabulous, I N G. I think at this point I've made my way into just about every large public Discord there is, so I hope I'm not too hard to find. Uh, <laughs> genuinely, you can tag me in a server or just DM me. I'm always open to talk anything related to Keyboard, so just say hi. Oh my gosh, you two are so much fun. Well, we will be back next week with another episode of Help from Future Self. Until then, stay forging. 